Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. All right, you guys, so I don't know how many of you out there are football fans. Um, I used to be like a huge football fan watching the games all the time and everything. And then that kind of fell off a little bit, but I always stuck with my team. Um, some of you are probably going to have jokes and something to say about who my team is, but I am a proud Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. All right. But we're not here to talk about the Cowboys. We are actually here to talk about the game that took place between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals. Now, I'm not going to go into details. It was a really good game, right? But it's what happened at the end of the game in the last play. Well, the second to last play uh, where uh, a football player, I really don't want to mention his name. If y'all saw the game, y'all know exactly what play I'm talking about. But what ended up happening is, is that one of the defensive players for the Bengals um, pushed Patrick Mahomes out um to you know to tackle him but he did it after Patrick Mahomes had already stepped outside of the um the field he was out of bounds right and so you know there was a flag on the play and all this stuff there's so much in just that happening as well that I I may talk about at the end if I remember but what I want to talk about right now is a post that I saw um, by Terrell Owens in regards to the moment after the game was over and the Chiefs were considered the winners of the game, right? Because in that play, that play, like it lost it for the Bengals. They already knew after that play because of the flag and, you know, losing of time and of yards and all that stuff that it was over because it was literally, I want to say like eight seconds left <laughs> in the game after that play. And um, had that not happened, the Bengals would have had a chance to um, at least tie the game and go into overtime. Now, we don't even know. Ooh, okay. So we don't even know if that would have happened, if they would have been able to tie the game. But it's the fact that it became a definite, nah, y'all not going to be able to do this now because of the seconds that's left on the clock. That's what hurt. But for this individual player that, you know, made the mistake um, of, you know, getting the flag called on him or whatever, the weight of losing that game immediately at that moment fell on his shoulders. And I want to just read to you all what Terrell always said, because this is what I'm talking about today. He said, when I saw this last night, my football mind paused. I stopped thinking about the game for a sec and put things in perspective. This is life. And I felt this. He made a costly mistake. Thousands, if not millions of people saw it and got pissed and walked away from him, including his teammates. The fans left him. His teammates went to the locker room. Coaches left him hurting. They left him on the battlefield alone. I know some of y'all know this feeling, but there's one there. But there was one one person that refused to leave his brother. No matter what happened, he picked him up. Never forget who that one person is. They are worth more than gold. That's leadership. That's a friend. That's a brother. Now, I love what he was talking about there in regards to the one. And I'm going to get to the one. But there's so much more in this post that I want to talk about today. Because first of all, like he said, 
and you know about the fact that he knows some of us know this feeling some of us know the feeling of making such a costly mistake that we feel like we have let so many down some of us have you know felt felt that that weight of oh my gosh what did I just do um this is going to 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 you know wreck my life and not just my life but the life of others and if you watched the game and you saw the moment where this player sat down on the bench he had to put his helmet back on his head because when I say he was bawling like a baby this man was in tears and no one except for the one person that you know you eventually see go over to him and squat in front of him to talk to him and I don't know what he said we can only assume that he was giving him words of encouragement but when I say that he the picture of him sitting on the bench by himself like in that moment I didn't even think about the fact that oh they just left him you know it wasn't until I read Terrell's post that I was just like man like for me in that moment I was more empathetic to the fact that he just felt that he cost the game for his team now if you guys remember a little bit earlier in the season what the Bengals went through you know um with their with their teammate who ended up going into the emergency room uh because of having um some issues with his heart so I'm pretty sure that the fact that that happened their game got you know I don't even think it got postponed postponed I think that game actually just you know got canceled or whatever and they continue but the fact that they still even made it to this point where they still had a chance to go to the Super Bowl for him to have made this mistake it was huge you know because it was like oh this was their comeback they had a setback with the with another player and oh this is going to be our comeback this is going to be like our Cinderella story you know but that didn't happen because of this mistake. And so here it is. We're all supposed to be a team, right? We're all supposed to be working together. The rest of the Bengals, yeah, I get it. Everybody was disappointed that everybody was hoping, like I said, that this was going to be their Cinderella story. Everybody was hoping that this was going to be their comeback, that they were going to end the season strong despite of all that they went through. Not to mention that the the Bengals also experienced um, some things in uh, uh, I'm sorry prior to like they had a lot going on with them this year I can't get into all the details because I can't remember all of them right now but I want to stay focused and so staying focused you know with what I'm talking about today is the fact that this sometimes we have expectations and plans about something and our expectations of it are so high and we're so set that our plans are going to like go just the way that we wanted them to. And then when something happens and our plans don't go that way, we get disappointed. You know, we we get not just discouraged, but we some we get upset. Like, why did this happen? Like, this, no, this was not the plan, God. This is not what I wanted. Like, how are you just going to throw a wrench in it? And when things like that happen, we look for someone to blame. And so, you know, because we're caught up in our own feelings, we're not even focused on how it's going to affect the other person. We get so caught up in our own feelings that we forget about them and we leave them out in the cold to deal with it by themselves. Like this is the kind of stuff that will cause a person to go into depression. This is the kind of stuff that will cause a person to go into that dark room, that dark space by themselves. And because nobody is there to help them and, and they feel hopeless and they feel lost and alone, this is what will push somebody to the edge. 
much. And so this this post really touched me because he talks about the one. Never forget the one. And I'm here this morning to remind y'all of who that one is. Yes, Terrell is talking about a person who came up to him to give him an encouraging word. And we all need that. I, I recently um, taught a message uh, about being known by God. And I was talking um, and in the message. I also mentioned about how sometimes, you know, we all go through moments of depression. There are some people who struggle or are challenged by it a little bit more than others. And they have to get on medication and everything. But we all go through moments of depression. We all go through those moments where we feel lost and alone and by ourselves. And sometimes when we find ourselves in, in, in this moment of depression, there's this feeling that comes over us that wants us not to connect with other people, right? Because we know that if we reach out to somebody to, to just talk to them and tell them how we're feeling, that that might be that one person who's going to give us an encouraging word. That might be that one person that's going to speak life into our situation and help change our mind or change our perspective to, to get out of there. But sometimes we don't want that. We don't want to talk to anybody because we like being alone, but being alone is not good because being alone will lead us to becoming distant. And the longer we remain distant, the longer we remain disconnected, the, the longer we allow ourselves to stay there, the more the enemy can you know, can use our mind as his playground and make us start to think things that are not true and, and, and stop believing what God says about us. And then now we have found ourselves in this really dark place, but I come to tell you that even though you may feel like you're in a dark place, darkness cannot hide you from God. God still sees you. Darkness is like light to him because he is light. And the thing is, is that God is that one who is always there. He's the one who is closer than a brother. He is the one that will remain beside us. Even though we feel that we have separated ourselves from him, he's like, I've never left you nor forsake you. I'm right there with you. So he is there in the midst of the darkness with you. But because your eyes are now blind, because you have scales on your eyes and you can't see beyond your mess. You can't see beyond your situation. You can't see beyond the mistakes that happen or that you did that you, all you see is the darkness. But because God is light and he's right there with you, it's all illuminated. He sees it all. And he's just like, all you have to do is call out to me because I'm there. But because you're in darkness, you can't see him. You can't see him right there with you in the midst of it. And so you, you feel alone. But I'm here to remind you and to encourage you that you are not alone. Even though it may seem like you're alone, you're not. When we look at this picture of this player sitting on the bench, when I was looking at it, like I said before, his teammate, the one teammate that came to encourage him, when you when you saw him to us, to the natural eye, it seemed like he was sitting on that bench alone. But he was never alone. Because even though to us, from the, the views of the camera, or those who were there in the stadium, they saw him by himself because God never leaves us nor forsake us. God was sitting there right on the bench with him. And I don't know this man's faith. I don't know what he believes in. But see, this is the great thing about God. And this is the great thing about his love. You don't have to believe in him for him to love you. See, there is no condition with God. To, there, there's no conditions on his love for us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us while we're still in our mess. He loves us even though we don't recognize who he is in our life. He loves us even though we don't realize that he keeps us from the danger scene and unseen 
17, that he's the one that's blessing us. He's the one that's keeping us and taking care of us. And so this, this young man who was sitting on the bench, who felt all alone, who felt all hope was gone, who felt like he just left his team down and his team proved him, proved the own insecurities that they had because they walked away from him. How many of us have friends who walk away from us because of mistakes we've made? How many of us have family members who have walked away from us because of decisions we made or because we didn't do what they wanted us to do or we didn't meet their expectations, their standards, and they walked away from us and left us alone? I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. There is one. Terrell Owens was right. There is one. There's that that one person that's going to be there for you. But it's not just a person. See, the thing is, is that because God is the creator of all things, God can send somebody physically that's the reason why we are the his hands and feet here in the earth we are his vessels all he need is one vessel that's going to be willing to be obedient to show up for the next person but the one person that we really need is God because God will send somebody to come and speak a word to us God will send that reminder that we need to know that we have never been been left alone God will send somebody to give us that encouraging that we know that right now weeping may endure for a night weeping may endure for him for that that night or it may be for a couple of days and see that's the thing about night it doesn't because with God one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day we we take that scripture about weeping may endure for a night that to, to me that oh just tonight I'm going to weep but tomorrow I'm going to have joy that night may last a little while it may last to us a couple of days but oh Joy will come in the morning if you let it. See, that's the thing. Like we have to also understand that we have to let the joy in because God said to us that he left peace with us. He gave us peace. It's us to maintain it. You know, like when we're asking God, God, give me peace. He's like, I did go to my scriptures. I told you that I left you. I am the God of peace. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm the God of peace. And you carry peace with you wherever you go because you carry me with you. I'm inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. So God is like, you take me everywhere you go, but you don't utilize the benefits you have of having me with you instead because you're choosing to stay in the mess you're choosing to stay in your feelings and let's talk about that because I I know I, and I can only speak for myself that there are times that I choose to stay in my feelings there's times that I'm just like uh oh no I want to be mad or I want to be upset but that's my choice it's my choice I don't have to stay there I can fight to get out of that because feelings are temporal. They don't last forever. They last as long as we let it, you know? And so the thing is, is that sometimes we will allow offense or we will allow the disappointments or the the mistakes that people have made in our lives to cause us to disconnect from them. His teammates, and I'm not talking about them. I'm just talking about the action that they shown on national television. They all walked away from him. Now, I don't know what happened when the cameras turned off. I don't know what happened when he ended up in the locker room, okay? And they might have consoled him when he got back there. I don't know. Only the teammates, the coaches, and the player, and whoever else was in the room knows what happened when the cameras went off and they were all in the back together. But I know what was shown to us on TV at the time of it happening. He was left by himself because of a costly mistake, because of, you know, an error in his judgment. They all just walked away from him. 
just before that, they were in the locker room together before they came to the field talking about how they're a team, talking about how they were going to win this, talking about how they were speaking with such confidence and faith, right? And then they walked out on that field and they had a brotherhood on that field and they were doing this together. And then one person made a mistake that cost them the game. And it's like, oh, forget you, man. I'm upset. I'm in my feelings. I don't got time to baby you. You sit over there and cry. You sit over there and and, and feel the weight of what you did because of, of the mistake that you made. Man, you know you're not supposed to push the quarterback when he step out the bounds. You knew that was going to get us a flag. What was you thinking? That That's their words. I mean, they might not even have said it to him, but I'm pretty sure it's a couple of them that was thinking about it. I know the coach was pissed. I know the general manager was pissed. I know a whole bunch of the – come on. The fans were upset. What were you thinking? Do you Can you imagine that many people? And some of you probably know what that feels like to have that many people, like, crucify you. Hello, Jesus. Jesus know what that feel like. Because I'm pretty sure there have been other games. Now, I'm not very familiar with this particular player. Like I told you, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, so I don't know all the players on all the other teams. My, my son and my husband does. Uh, but... I don't know him, right? But I'm pretty sure that he has had some great tackles, that he has done some amazing things on the field. I mean, he's an NFL player, right? So I'm pretty sure that there have been times that people have been praising him. I'm pretty sure that there's people who wear his jerseys proudly. I don't know about now, but I know before they were like, you know, giving him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, right, for being this amazing football player, defensive player. But now, because of a mistake he made, it's like, oh, forget him. Like I said, there might be some people who took his jersey off. It's like, man, I ain't wearing your jersey. Look, you cost us the game. It, they're ready to cancel him or to, to, to forget about him. And it's just like we do that to each other. Where's the unity? Where's the support? It's, it's, I don't need you. And, and I say this very respectfully and, you know, with great gratitude, much gratitude, but I don't, I, I mean, no, let me not say that. Let me, let me think about my thoughts before I say that, because some people will think that you don't need the support of your people when you're on the mountain, but when you're on the mountain, because sometimes you don't have that support, you can still feel alone. Ooh, that's a word. And I say that that's a word because there's so many people who feel alone on the mountaintop because they can't share the goodness of the Lord. They feel like they can't share or they think that they can't share the goodness of the Lord in their life because they have people around them who don't authentically or genuinely support them when they're on the top. And I think that's why it is so easy for us to tear somebody down when they fall and not fall because of, you know, um, arrogance or, or you know being cocky or anything like that but because of a mistake because of a, a a misstep in judgment because of you know sometimes you gotta fail before you succeed I mean that's how lessons are learned like you can't you, you this is they're all lessons right so because I have a very public lesson or whatever and I fall that's when people want to really show their face and it's the ones who are authentically supporters of you, those who really care whether you are on the top and rising or are you walking through the valley, getting through the trenches. 
those are the friends that we look for. But why is it that we can't all support each other that way? Because we've all gone through that. We've all had our moments of success. We've always all had our moments of learning lessons, right? We know what it feels like. But why is it so easy for us to I sort of rejoice or feel, I don't know, um, <laughs> what is that old saying misery loves company it's like ooh, okay now you know what i what it feels like i've heard that recently i've heard like oh it's it's a weird and it's a twisted way that we think but it's like when we see somebody else going through the same situation that we're going through it kind of gives us comfort and i and i understand that right because no one wants to feel alone No one wants to feel alone. No one really wants to be by themselves. Even as an introvert, I will say that I don't like to be by myself 100% of the time. There's a good portion that I like my me time, but I don't like to be alone 100% of the time. Why? Because I was created for fellowship. I was created to do life with other people. So it's in me to do that. It's in all of us to have connection and to be in fellowship with one another. So yes, It is understandable that when we are going through a valley moment, when we see somebody else going through a valley moment, it's like, oh, okay, you understand me. I can connect with you here. I can relate with you here. But it's that same connection, that same relatability, that same empathy that you now have because somebody else went through what you're going through that you should have compassion when that person is going through. And see, that's the problem. It's when we don't have the compassion for when people falter, for when people are going through their public lessons or their public public display of um, of learning the hard way. It's when we don't have the compassion, but enjoy. Oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> See, you fell too. You messed up. Oh, now you know what it feels like to have the weight of a game on you. Why is it that we always look for compassion from others? But sometimes it's hard for us to give that same compassion to other people. We we want mercy, but it's hard for us to show mercy. We want forgiveness, but it's hard for us to forgive. Why is that? My my prayer for, for this young man is, is that he does have more than one person in his life. First of all, I, I pray that he knows that God is with him, that God will never leave him nor forsake him. And in that moment where he was publicly left alone, where he was publicly ridiculed, where he was publicly left to feel the weight of a mistake that he made by himself. It's my prayer that someone reminded him, you're never alone, my brother. God is always with you. God's got your back. And even though this may be hard right now, know that God's going to see you through this. That, that's that's my first prayer for him. But my second prayer is, is that if he doesn't know God, that he comes to know him because it's hard to live this life without any hope. It's hard to live this life not knowing the love of God, not knowing how much God knows you and loves you and cares for you. But I also pray that this moment of of of, you know, quote unquote mourning, that, that he realizes that he will be given, that he will receive dancing for his mourning, that he will be given beauty for his ashes, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come, that, that he has a moment to rejoice. I pray that he does not stay here. I pray that it does not cause him to go into a depression. I pray that he is not left to be by himself. I'm, I pray that 
you know, those around him, those authentic relationships around him, those genuine relations around him will support him and lift him up in this moment that was so public and so heavy for him. But I also pray for all of us that we will remember that we all have moments of being on the mountaintop and we will all have our moments of being in the valley. And hopefully in those valley moments, we are moved to a place of compassion when we see somebody else going through theirs. Because they don't always happen publicly, but even the private ones, they hurt just as much because we will walk around with a facade thinking that everything or not thinking, acting like everything is okay. So nobody really knows what's going on with us. Check in on your friends. I know sometimes, you know, we may say things like, oh, this shouldn't be so hard. But there's one thing that my mentor taught me a long time ago that will always stay with me. And it's that you have three types of friends um, or categories of friends in your life. There are those who will pour into you. So these are like your mentors, right? They're the ones who are just giving you all the knowledge and hopefully we can recognize who these people are in our lives so we can glean from them, so that we can absorb from them, so that we can receive from them and be teachable around them. And in those moments, that's when your mouth is shut so that you can hear and soak it all up. And then there's the level of friends who are on your level, those who you are, it's very reciprocal. You're pouring into them, they're pouring into you. You're receiving from one another, right? Those are the friends that that you have in your life. And then there's a third category of friends, those who you pour into, who you are like a mentor to, a big brother, a big sister to those who, you know, you you're you're teaching them in love and you're you're being careful of your words because you know that they have impact in their life. I, I pray that we all are able to use discernment and identify who these people are in our lives and that we are able to have, you know, authentic friendships. I, I'll just share with y'all right now. I am in that space right now where I'm asking God for discernment about my authentic relationships and about these people in my life because you you want to have people around you who you can grow with because you don't want anybody in your life who's stunting your growth or you want to be able to recognize when somebody is growing at a different pace from you you know and understand the capacity of how much they can they can receive of you or how much they can be there for you that doesn't mean you have to cut that friendship off altogether but just be aware of those things but i just really want to wanted to share this with you guys today because this really spoke to me and i pray that you guys got something out of the episode today it's always my prayer that you do um, but just think about your friendships, think about your friends, check in on them, make sure that they're okay. You know, any relationship takes work. It takes intentionality. You know what I'm saying? If you really care about the relationships in your life, then you're going to be intentional about it. You're going to, to cultivate what you have and you're, you're going to ask for discernment about those friendships that the seasons may end because listen, just like with food, there's an expiration date for a reason. If you keep it too long, it will spoil. And then when you spoil and you try to consume it, it's going to have an effect on your body. It's the same thing with relationships. It's the same thing with friendships. You you, you got to be aware of when the season change and when that expiration date is up. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you got something out of the message, not the message, out of the episode today. <laughs> it's always my prayer that you do. Connect with me on Instagram at hannahsworld 0 or you can send me your listener letters to hannahsworld 0 at gmail.com. Until next time, peace out, world. Mm-hmm.